0: For fifteen years, every September 22nd, Sapphire Hunt visited this cemetery. Her driver, Cody, never asked her why. Cody imagined many explanations, each filled with intrigue and romance. But he never wished to know the truth more than now. He suspected it was far more fantastic than his guesses. He gripped his gun as he peered through the window at his billionaire boss— worry bending the parallel lines on his brow. Sapphire stood by the limousine for a moment, her long coat open to the night air. Her hair was wrapped like a copper crown on her head. Six feet tall, she was curved and hard, with Egyptian features, alabaster skin, and lapis eyes. The night was dark and muggy, though the fall leaves glowed like flames in the beam of her penlight as she walked up the hill and weaving through slate headstones. For the first time, she was late, but she didn't hurry. Sapphire considered the tone of Noah's voice on the telephone the last time they had spoken. His need to be reminded of a passion they had always shared had jarred her. It had not sounded like the world's leading computer engineer, who was, secretly, her husband. In the gloom, she saw the vacant tomb her grandfather's grandfather had built under a false name before the Civil War. A hollow floor inside the crypt used to lead to a safe house used as a stop on the Underground Railroad. She saw candlelight in the crack of the heavy iron door. When they were young, she and her lover had met here and conspired to free mankind again, as her ancestor had done six generations ago. She hesitated. "'and she pulled the door open on screeching hinges. "'He sat cross-legged on the slab. "'His six-foot, six-inch frame was folded like a spider. "'His long silver hair and beard were yellowed by the candlelight. "'In a bar of shadow, his eyes gleamed steel blue, "'tipped by flickering points of light. "'His black topcoat was open over a navy t-shirt and gray jeans. "'He wore blue tennis shoes like a teenager, "'and in his right hand, Gloved in deerskin, he swung a golden watch by a chain. You're late. He did not rise to greet her. He laughed, shrugging. Come on, jump up. She climbed onto the slab, dreading his kiss, which was too practiced, too brief. She pulled away, the world spinning faster now beneath her. This is it? He smiled blandly. The last time before the end. By this time next year, we can finally throw the switch and leave it all behind us. Did you bring it? He continued to pretend he hadn't noticed her reaction. He had expected it, planned on it. Her pulse accelerated, and her vision dimmed with rage. Why weren't choices put in the shipment for North Korea? His face froze. His smile fractured as he tilted his head. He raised his eyebrows. Straight to the point, he mused. Why? I'm not shipping those things without them, Noah. The lanky computer mogul looked at the gold watch hanging still now from its fob. She knew. So be it. If there is no choice, he said philosophically, looking from the watch's perfect face to hers. Free will is obsolete. There was an inconceivable tone of contempt and condescension in his voice. She could barely catch her breath, staring at him with trembling rage and fear. Who are you now, Noah? A tear punctuated her last appeal. He clutched his forehead in one hand and waved his other hand at her briskly, finally revealing hostility. She had wounded something deep, which he distrusted now, even despised. I've seen it, that's all. He met her blazing eyes with his, bitterly. It's more obvious all the time, Sapphire. we built the perfect social machine. Just to destroy it? Yes, she closed her eyes. To destroy it? There is no free will, Sapphire. He sighed, with a hint of disgust. We helped make it obsolete—